Hey everyone, welcome back to the Wolf Creek Podcast. Uh, today I'm your host, Andrew Massio, along with Moses Greenspan, and we have a special guest joining us this evening, uh, Drew Tebow. And for those of you out there wondering if he's related to Tim Tebow, he is not. But Tim Tebow, if you're listening, we'd love to have you on the podcast. Uh, Drew is a conference champion steeplechaser, and he's also run a low 15 5K. So without further ado, Drew, welcome onto the Wolf Creek Podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. So, Drew, uh, first question I want to ask is, how did you get started in running? How were you introduced to the sport? Um, what age and all that kind of stuff? Um, so I started running middle school cross country because it was the first sport you could do um, in fifth grade. Everything else you had to be in sixth grade to start. And my parents wanted me to start be active because I had a lot of energy because I was a boy. Um, and so I started running cross country in fifth grade and then track. And, um, I don't know that I really liked it until like midway through high school, but it was something to do. And I guess I liked the friends that I made. So I don't know, fifth grade, what was that? 10 years old, something like that. Do like two miles a day. I know you were also, um, well, you were a multi-sport athlete. You swam, um, I believe, right? Yeah, so I swimming was the first sport. I did swimming when I was six, I started. And I started that because um, I was born with uh, like a hip disorder. It's called leg cap It's basically um, like the blood flow to my left hip socket was inadequate, so... I was like on crutches for a while, so I couldn't do really any pounding. So swimming was like the only sport I could do because it's obviously as low impact as it can get. So that's why I started swimming. And I started running sort of once I got over those issues. And um, But yeah, swimming was, I guess, the, the first sport I really, really enjoyed. So did you do uh, cross country and track throughout high school? I did cross country all four years. I did indoor track my senior year. And then I played baseball my freshman and sophomore year. And then I real until I realized I was like four, four foot eight and couldn't hit a ball out of the infield. So I decided to do track. And You're then four, eight. I don't know. I was small. And then as soon as I started running track, I grew. <laughs> uh, what was your favorite event in track during high school? Um, my best event was, or what I was probably the best at was like cross country 5k, but, um, I thought I was really good at the 800, even though I wasn't that good, but I really liked the 800. <laughs> and, uh, touching on cross country there, your team, I, you were state champs, right? Yeah. So I was not on varsity freshman year when we won. And then I was on varsity sophomore year. And then senior year when we won, and junior year we were runner-up. And this is in New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. And then um, you were also a pretty accomplished swimmer. Uh, your swim team had pretty pretty good success at the state level as well, right? Yeah, so swimming's tough in New Hampshire just because really how good your team is is totally dictated by whether you have access to a pool every day. Um, so we're lucky we live right on the campus of, uh, University of New Hampshire. Our high school is like a mile down the road. So we had access to the pool, um, 
like four days a week. And then, you know, pretty much everyone on the team was part of club teams as well. So, um, so there was really like five teams in the division that were real strong, um, just because of, you know, they had access to a pool. So, but yeah, we did, we did okay. So being a high school runner in the state of New Hampshire, um, what kind of attracted you to Grove City College uh, here in Western PA? That's a good question. Um, I did almost no college search. I sort of thought it would work itself out, and I guess it did. I looked at BU and then saw the price tag, or BC rather, and then saw the price tag. Um, I thought at junior year I was going to get into Yale. And of course, I wasn't going to get into Yale. Um, <clears throat> I had a few kid, friends from church who were looking at Grove City. They were a year above me. And they sort of decided to go there um, as I was going into my senior year. And so that summer, between junior and senior year of high school, went and visited, met Coach Searson. And um, I never really felt the need to look anywhere else, I guess. And it, it I guess it worked out. <laughs> But I would not recommend doing it how I did it um, because I applied to one place and that was it. But it worked out, like I said, so can't complain. Before we move into your college career, um, one last swimming question because I think it's really interesting that you have this swimming background. How do you think, uh, how do you think your background in swimming affected your running career? Yeah, it um so they're both like pretty clearly like very aerobic sports, um at least from like a a broad strokes, no pun intended. Um look at things. So like when so let's see. Senior year I did swimming and indoor track. Um and it was craziness because I would swim at like five o'clock in the indoor pool run up the stairs across the building because the indoor track was in the same building at UNH and then run track practice. And what I noticed is like my lungs were fine all the time, but my muscles always were sore. Um, so I think aerobically, like it, it is definitely like it keeps you very fit, you know, cardiovascularly because it just gets that heart rate up, but it's a different muscularly. It's very different, very different sports. So um, getting into your uh, college running career a little bit, um, let's start with uh, cross country. Um, what was the, what was your favorite cross country course that you ever ran? In college? In college, yeah. <sighs> um, well, there's different ones that are special for different reasons. Um, like Hood was super fun just because of how flat and short it was. Um, and <laughs> just kidding. But how flat it was. And I remember one one thing I remember about Hood is that the lines were painted, but it was clearly from like a couple weeks before. So everyone was just cutting corners the entire course. But it was still fast and it was fun to run. Um, yeah, if your PR is from that course, it's not real. <laughs> at Masio. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Um Westminster, I have good memories on, obviously, because uh, that's where PAC championships were senior year, but favorite was probably Dickinson. I ran it, like, six times or something crazy like that, but it was just a, it was a really great course. You know, I can't complain. Nice, um, 
flat-ish first mile and then build into some rolling hills in the middle and finish, like again, flat-ish and uh, wide open, great for spectators. Um, and they always, they seem to put on a really, really professionally run meet there. So, um, yeah, and that was Briggs Spring High School, right? With the grass track. That was always a nice touch. Yeah, yeah, the, the, the grass track and also Kill Hill as well. So, um, so that's your favorite uh, cross-country course in college. Um, what do you consider your greatest personal race uh, in college cross-country? Um, oof. I, just with injuries and stuff, I didn't have, like, the first, my first, whatever, three years, I didn't have too many, like, great races. But senior year packs, um, I was second to Harley. Um, who obviously I had no business being in the same ballpark as him. Um, but that was my PR twenty five fifty three. Um, super flat course, but I'm I'm pretty proud of that. But I probably Dickinson the uh Dickinson invite senior year went twenty six fourteen, and um, ran I was seventh I think in that race and it was it wasn't a as big a race as it been in the past, but there were some. You know, Dickinson was there, Bucknell was there, Duquesne was there, whether it was their A-team or not, I don't know, but it was cool to, uh, you know, plays highly. I remember about that race, Severson was very mad at me because we had to stay an extra two hours for awards. <laughs> but, yeah, so I would say that there's, you know, the both Westminster and Dickinson of those that year special for different reasons, but um, Dickinson is probably the best I raced. So you had... Uh, pretty good success towards the end of your cross-country career. Uh, like you said, you were battling injuries a lot um, before that. But I think what maybe you're, you're best at in, what you were best at in college was the steeplechase. So you um, were a pack champion in the steeplechase, pretty impressive PR and just you were dominant during your, especially during your senior year of track. Um, what do you have to say about, I guess, how you got into the event and then your progression through college? Yeah, so it was always something that I wanted to try. And I don't know, Massey, if you felt like it was something you always wanted to try in high school or if you just sort of like decided to do it one day, but. Um, I just, it was something like I, I just always wanted to try um, in high school. And so I was looking forward to trying it when I got to college. And it just, it's, it's sort of stuck, I guess, because um, it's way more fun than a 5K. I love, you know, I like racing 5Ks as well, but it's, it's more fun to race a steeple, I think. Um, yeah. What, what, what was the second part of that question? I forgot. Uh your progression or yeah, your progression through college, uh, maybe your PR at the beginning and then at the end. Yeah. So I, the first steeple I did was with Massio at Geneva and I just tailed him the entire race. And I think, what did we get? Like ten twenty seven or something? Yeah. Uh, something in the ten twenties. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't a great time, but I think I thought, at least at the time, I thought it was pretty good, yeah. but, you know. Well, at the time, it was, like, fifth in the pack or something. Um, <clears throat> and then I went, like, 10-18 at the pack championships for fourth. Um, 
and then sort of it just you know as each steeple I ran I felt like I got you got you know I got more comfortable in the event so I think that played a role in um obviously the increased fitness and you saw that like sort of senior year with another big jump was just because I was way more fit but I think the first couple of years when I wasn't as fit just the the improvement at times came from um just being more comfortable with the event you know each 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 time you you know go over water barrier in those second that second half of the race where you're you're already tired it makes it easier the next time to sort of mentally approach the barrier so Matthew, did did you always want to try steeple or did you just sort of hop into it you know, I got to be honest, in high school, I don't even think I knew that steeplechase existed because in Pennsylvania, it's not a high school event. I know New some Hampshire. states have the... It's not New Hampshire either, but I just, from uh, from just like watching the Olympics and stuff, I always wanted to try it. For me, the steeplechase, I just kind of got into it out of uh, necessity because my freshman year track season, I was uh, not very good. And to run at PAX, the only way I was going to run was to do the steeplechase. So... Um, I gave the steeplechase a shot. My uh, first race in the steeplechase was terrible. I think I ran like 11.20 something. And at the time, the top girl on the team actually ran faster than me because she was a national qualifier in the steeplechase. But yeah, so I just kind of, you know, I got into the steeplechase because that's how I was going to run freshman year at PAX. And from there, I just kind of, I liked the event. Uh, First time I did it, I was like, I don't know if I was ever going to do this again, but then I did it the next week and it was a lot better. And it's something that I ended up being pretty good at in our conference, so I just I stuck with it, and it was it was fun. So um, definitely mixes it up than a regular track event. So. For sure, Moses, did you ever want to do you ever want to try it again after your one steeple? No, that was. I mean, I had to do it once. Everyone has to try the steeple just to experience it, but I quickly learned that that was not the event for me. Sticking with the uh, steeplechase theme here, um, what advice would you give to a high school runner that, um, you know, is looking to give the steeple a try in college? Like, how would you recommend that they uh, train or uh, practice to for that first steeple in college? Um, yeah, I think... I don't know that you there really needs to be a lot of practice in high school. I think if, um, you know, you have a kid who is adamant about, you know, this is what they're going to do in college, then there's certainly, it, it wouldn't hurt to, you know, start some hurdle drills, start opening up the hips a little bit, work on some flexibility and trying some, you know, hurdles at the end of practice. Um, but like I had never, I don't think I'd ever done a hurdle until, um, like I started steepling at Grove City, so um, I, the best advice is just to get in the best shape you can, um, do some strides, because the steeple is not like a 3k race, it's like 2800 meter races, you know, it's, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but it's, uh, there's a lot of pickups and slowdowns and pickups, so you have to be pretty fit to be able to withstand that especially going at a fast pace but i don't know that there's an it's it's type of event like like if you want to try the 400 hurdles in college then you definitely want to be a 300 hurdle in high school but as far as the steeple i don't know that it 
would have made a ton of difference if I had done some hurdles beforehand. Yeah, I guess for um, some of our viewers that maybe they, they're not familiar with the steeplechase as an event, I guess we should just, um, probably should have this earlier, but we should give a little brief overview of the event. So um, at, the, at the collegiate level, uh, the steeplechase is a 3,000 meter race, so it's seven and a half laps, um, and there's 35 barriers in total. Um, the first half lap has no barriers, and then the next seven laps have five barriers each, um, including one that is the uh, water pit. Uh, that's probably the most technical and challenging uh, steeple technique and jump to, to learn. So just a general overview of the event there. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it can be difficult at times. For sure. Yeah, and it's, I mean... This type of thing, I guess the one piece of advice I would give is make sure you have practice before you jump into one. Um, because, you know, if, especially for some high school kids who are not, you know, not done growing yet and are not, you know, physically mature, it, if you're not, um, you know, it can be, it can, it, it can be dangerous if you don't know how to do it, especially that water jump. So, um, <laughs> Rachel, who <laughs> my fiance now tried the steeple once and well she just tried in practice and did one water jump okay and the second one broke her ankle and like tore like three ligaments so um just make sure you have some practice beforehand as i guess retroactively what i would add as advice it's definitely one of the more dangerous events out there i mean you hear stories now and then of you know someone tripping and hitting their head off the steeple barrier there's a lot of things that can go wrong uh, in a steeplechase. So definitely, yeah, I would second that. Make sure you practice with the jumps and uh, be safe out there. Absolutely. So as a fan of track and field, um, Evan Jaeger is one of the greatest American distance runners, and he's a steepler. Is he your favorite professional runner? I mean, he's one of, the, one of them. Um, I don't know that I could pick a favorite professional runner um he certainly is a lot of fun to watch um he actually we haven't seen him race a steeple in a couple of years now so hopefully next summer you know we'll see him in the olympics um but yeah he certainly has put the u.s steepling on the map a little bit because i think before he won a you know his medal at rio i don't think a non-african born athlete had won a world championships or Olympic medal in the steeplechase. I could be wrong there, but um, definitely no American, but I'm pretty sure it was no, um, nobody born outside of Africa. So not only put, you know, gave, you know, Americans a mental shot at it, but, um, you know, a lot of people that never had won, not a country that never won one before. And now we are uh, moving on to our favorites segment of the podcast. I'm going to ask Drew a few questions about some of his favorite things. And it's going to be kind of a rapid fire session here. So, all right. Uh, favorite distance workout? Hard to go wrong with five by mile. Uh, favorite running shoe? So for trainer, I love the New Balance 860. For racing spike, I love the um, New Balance um, MV800, which is the middle the middle distance racing shoe. Favorite place to run in Western PA? Let's go Memorial Park, just because I've run there a lot. One of the 
One thing I, w- if I could do college over again, I w- is I would love to have gotten outside of Grove City more for runs. So how this works is I'm going to ask Drew a question. It's going to be the, either this or that, and I want a one-word answer, and we're going to go rapid fire as many questions as we can get in 30 seconds. You might be confused by some of the questions. You still have to answer. All right, so here we go. Starting right now, track or cross country? Cross country. Coffee or tea? Coffee. Pittsburgh or Boston? Boston. Kipchoge or Bekele? Oof. Kipchoge. Ribeye or filet? Uh, filet. Uh, split shorts or half tights? Half tights. Drew. You mentioned that you train in New Balance and your favorite spikes are New Balance. Uh, what do you have to say about the Nike, the whole Nike movement in, in trainers and racing shoes with this fresh foam and carbon fiber plates and all that? Um, are you still staying with New Balance or uh, do you think you're going to be making a move to Nike once you start racing again? So I have a pair of the Next Percents. Um... And if I was racing a, you know, if I'm racing on the road, I'm going the next percents just because I haven't, I don't know that there's anything that can really match that. Um, as far as trainers, like I need a, I need like some, some support and I have not worn a good, a Nike shoe that I feel like gives me enough support that doesn't feel like it's like a million pounds. So I feel like the options for everyday trainers out there, um, unless you have like the most flat or the most like natural neutral foot or stride in the world. But outside of that, I feel like the trainer options for almost every other brand are better than Nike, but um, it's tough to beat what they've done with their road racing shoes. Um, if any, like just from wearing, I've worn the 4%, which felt good. And the next percents are like just next level. Um, but if I'm on a track, I think I'm still going spikes unless it's like a 10 K. Okay. Yeah, I was interested because I know that you, um, you, you know, you research shoes, you collect shoes. Um, I was honestly surprised to hear you say New Balance spikes. But, yeah, I mean, I've, nice worn the, I've worn the Mambas, Nike's Mambas, um, which are like their steeplechase shoes. Um, and I, I typically wear those for steeple, and I re- I've liked those very much. Um, I, I really... I just in the New Balance versus the Nikes I've worn. I I really like the responsiveness in the New Balance mid D ones and in the New Balance distance ones. They just they feel um they feel more natural. I, I don't know how to describe them. The Nikes almost feel like a little bit confining. So that's just me. Thank you so much, Drew, for joining us on the podcast. It's been great talking to you. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was a, it was a blast. And thank you, listeners, for joining us. We hope you tune in next time for another episode of the Wolf Creek Podcast.